Clive, welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming on the show. It's been cool to uh, see you guys work this this week. Uh, I was down the big wall at the ANU yesterday, and you guys are working away there. How's it all going down there? It's good. It's it's coming together slowly. It's it's a big wall. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's um. I don't know what to say. Steady and methodical. Yeah. It's just plotting. Yeah. Kind of, you know. Yeah. It's a very. This needs to happen. Yeah. This needs to happen. It's a very definitive process. There's not a lot of room for it. Yeah. I guess a lot of the work comes in into the the planning of it and getting it all approved and working through the. the, the, uh, getting the crane sorted and stuff. And on the day, it's a bit. That's the fun part. Pretty much, ninety percent of the work's done in the studio, preparing the stencils and coming up with ideas and mm. getting approval. But it's it's good to be. Um, it's nice to be just doing one thing, focusing on one thing, and not having a thousand things going on at the same time. Yeah, getting away from the the, just, the city of Sydney and yeah, getting away from Sydney, yeah. but getting away from exhibiting. We're just constantly thinking about 50 different works and preparing all those, preparing yeah. that, promoting it, trying to sell it. Because just, you've just come off the back of the show at Ambush, yeah. not, not far from where the wall is. Yeah, well, I actually timed the show for the mural because I knew I was going to be here for about a month. Right. So I just told him I was having a show. Yeah, and uh, how did that all go? Um, went good in some respects. Like I sold most of the work. Not that I. That's always not that I equate <laughs> happiness and <laughs> success to making money, but um, you know, I got bills to pay. Um, <clears throat> it was an amazing response from most people, but from a few other people, it wasn't particularly amazing response. Because I had a couple of works in there that were critical of the Chinese Communist Party, which were misconstrued as being racist by a bunch of Chinese students. Yeah. Which, understandably, one of the pieces kind of did look a bit racist. And what was the name of the show again? Don't Shoot the Messenger, okay. so which they, is exactly they what they fucking did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, they, they kicked up stink, rightly so. But the whole story went viral in mainland China. And um, the gallery, yeah. gallery took down the works. Um. But yeah, then it went viral in Hong Kong. It's a particularly so earnest photo they got. That's ten years old. I'm glad they used a ten-year-old photo. <laughs> um, so yeah, it went viral in Hong Kong too. So the, the hate mail turned to messages of support. <laughs> Getting messages of support from my fight against the CCP. Mm. It's like I fucking painted Batman on a, a banknote. Like I'm not putting myself out here. But um. Yeah, it was caused a bit of controversy. So it it obviously wasn't expected, but uh, when you are kind of working with these t- subjects, you kind of never know what's going to happen these days. Um, it's all about starting conversations, like the treatment of Uyghur Muslims in China. Like there's no secret there's a genocide going on. So painting this picture of Winnie the Pooh choking out Tigger, it's a tongue-in-cheek piss take. Mm. But it's also keeping that important issue in conversation. Mm. 
uh, I can't remember the question. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. I'm just think it's it's interesting because on one hand you you got these people saying I'll oh, bring it down, but in doing so, then it's it becomes a censorship is, issue as well. Like it's yeah, it's, it's I think that's know, we're in a place where we can be free to express our art how we want. Apparently not. But in um, some cases not, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The whole, the whole thing was pretty stressful. Like, yeah, so. Oh, you know, just getting called racist from a thousand people in a week. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So it, it makes was, you want to say something really was, fucking racist. People jumping in your uh, social just, media yeah. and flooding you with stuff. Sliding into my DMs <laughs> to tell me that I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> But I'd never want to attack anyone on that level with my art. No. Like, it's never about, you know, that's just such a... <laughs> Sorry, man, I've been spray painting all day. Yeah, no. Was it's there something, it's, was there the synapses aren't firing. These guys, like, of all the works in the show, these guys just happen to be resourced to respond to it. Like, it's not like, it's not like this work stands out amongst... No, to be honest, work. these were the weakest pieces in the show. And I'm surprised they got any attention at all. Um, I think it just happened at the same time as that Stop Asian Hate movement in America, like literally on the same day. So I can understand why they were offended by this piece and that's why I decided that we should take the Batman piece down because, you know, I didn't want anyone to be individually offended but the gallery took down all three pieces, those two and another one. It's kind of like, hold on, what, what the fuck are you doing? Was the, the face recognition one? Yeah, they took that one down too. Yeah, right. There's nothing racist about that. I think it's mainly because the concept of painting on Chinese money is so culturally offensive to them. Mm. They didn't want it, but it's not culturally offensive to me, so fuck off. And you got a few, um, for people, prints on sale now of those pieces. I just <laughs> dropped them online, actually. Can I give that a plug? <laughs> yeah, go yeah. give it a plug. They're yeah, some great to, works, man. They're awesome. Go to elkstencils.com.au yeah. forward slash shop. Um, Limited run. Well, I figure if I've got to put up with the stress of being harassed, you know, on a global yeah. stage, I want to make some money out of it. Yeah, totally. And the um, it's not the first time that controversies come your way with no. with other seems to exhibition exhibitions and um, why do you think that is? Do you think it it is the um? I don't think I'm particularly or the the things you're passionate about. I don't think I'm particularly outspoken, but if I'm given an opportunity to say something, I'll I'll say something. Yeah. Like that wall in Bondi, the Welcome to Bondi mural. Yeah, yeah that's that a, sort that's, of came yeah. about in similar circumstance. I had an exhibition at the Bondi Pavilion, and they offered a space on the Bondi beach wall for me to paint a mural. And normally, this is a process that you have to apply for and seriously vetted. Yeah, yeah. But they just said, "Yeah, paint whatever you want. You're right. Just, you know, yeah. what could you possibly what do? What could I possibly do?" <laughs> so I um. Like the redacted version? Yeah, that's the... Yeah, so that's... The censored version. What's happened... 
There's the original. Yeah. yeah. You know, I only had two days to prepare a 16 metre wall. So I needed something I could just replicate over and over again. Yeah, yeah, it's a great piece. But that was commenting on Australia's treatment of asylum seekers, like onshore and offshore. And the 24 soldiers represent, the Border Force soldiers represent the 24 suicides on off, in offshore detention. Right. Since 2013. You know. And, didn't and didn't then, go down too well. And then it was, I guess it was the, the Bondi locals that... No, it was the, bon, the Bondi, the councillor for... The Bondi councillor. Leon Goldsman. He's the one that politicised it. He went to um, Alan Jones and those pricks. <laughs> um, he used it as a way to, to attack the Liberal Greens coalition in Waverley. Yeah, right. You know, because he's... Because he's the liberal, so I yeah. just got to remember we're being recorded here. I can't <laughs> completely open up. But, you know, I've got to thank that guy. He made me famous. Because the work you did with caffeine there, was that the year before? That was the year before, and that was, it was a capitalist pig with his finger on the button and his bitch wife. No, not bitch, but female yeah. dog bitch. Wearing the skin of dead Syrian children. And um, no one battered an eyelid at that. That's other people's problems. That's not about us. Oh, that's offensive. Well, they were complaining about the guns, but no one complained about the Anzac mural three metres down where everyone's holding a fucking M16. (laughs) Mm. And I guess the the interesting thing with this one is that it's kind of the nature of street art that once you... uh, once you put it up, it's kind of there for everyone and it's n- no longer up to you what happens to that piece. Is it's, it, it's do a, you kind of feel like, well, that's just how it went? and Or is it kind of like, oh, damn, that that sucks, that got painted? No, not that. at all. Yeah. I'm surprised it lasted as long <laughs> as it did. Yeah. Like I didn't think it – I didn't think the, um, the people that curated that wall were going to allow it to stay up because it was so confronting. But they couldn't paint over it once it was politicised because it would have been admitting that they fucked up. Yeah, and yeah. the people that wanted to get rid of it couldn't get rid of it. Yeah. So, but if, both they, if they quietly jumped someone forward and taken the spot, it might have disappeared. And yeah. Been, like yeah. nobody in power wanted that mural there. And um, I don't know, it just felt like I was controlling the narrative because I was the only one that could actually say when it would come down. Yeah, right. So it's like, no, fuck you, that's staying forever. <laughs> <laughs> Until someone came and buffed it. Yeah. But that's the nature of street art. It's an ephemeral art form. Yeah. You can't get too upset when it goes away. Yeah. yeah. You kind of hand it over. Yeah. yeah. And the, criti- the criticism is often explicit. Get you a bit closer. Uh, the, cri- the criticism's often explicit. Yeah. And kind of immediate, you know. Like yeah. Oh, for sure. Even <laughs> more, before we'd finished painting it, people... Having a go at us. Yeah. Were you down there around that time seeing the reaction firsthand as you were painting it? Yeah, yeah. People were coming up to us. I painted it with a writer from Sydney called Days. Um, yeah, just people s- just stopping and just having a go at us. Like, yeah, right. We don't want to see that on our beach. Was the, was the text up early? Text came up last. 
So even without the text there. Yeah. Yeah, right. Actually got chewed out by Vexter. Because she painted a mural 20 years ago that said, Welcome to Australia. And it was a bunch of cops. Yeah. Yeah, just I remember that one. Yeah. Called me out on, called me out on social media for being a white male. <laughs> 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 Fucking sorry. Um, I don't know. Like, that wasn't in my subconscious. Well, it wasn't in my conscience when I was painting it. It just kind of happened. But um, yeah, she's fucking dead to me. <laughs> and that 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 mural's probably dead too now. I guess it's fully gone. Oh, I don't yeah. even know. It was just yeah. the way she handled it. It was like just attacking me. It's like fucking. How about a conversation? Look, I'm sorry. This happened. Obviously, I didn't want it to happen. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're doubling down. You're repeating me. 20 years too late. Well, yeah, isn't that kind of part of it? It's all the adding on of... Well, it's and, not and where you get ideas. Yeah. Sorry, I'll stop talking over you. No, no, go for <laughs> it, no. It's not where you get ideas from. It's where you take them to. She painted a mural 20 years ago that no one fucking saw. This was, you know, this made the Spiegel in Germany. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not apologising for that. Well, if, and if it bears repeating... Well, that's, that's it. Just saying you know, it again because it needs saying again too. Yeah. yeah, that's protest stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like it would be easier just say I fucking stole it from her, but no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and bird, your uh, your stuff is also seen all around Canberra. Yeah, there's bibs and bobs. Yeah, there's, it's everywhere. You've been slowly uh, making your way across the city. Yeah, trying to get in the suburbs more, share the, share the wealth out. Uh, wider fields. Yeah, and what's, y- what's your sort of process with doing that? How, how are you going to – how are you going about that? Oh, I've got a couple of little sort of self-set projects to kind of um, – I don't know, I need to get more exercise. So if I'm getting out, pick a suburb I haven't been to and have a wander around and see what spots are available. Yeah. And then um, circle back with something for them. Yeah. Yeah. Because you came up in Canberra in the sort of more illegal scene, is that right? Yeah, way back. It's kind of right on the back edge of it. Um, there was, because the council around here has always been pretty generous with spots. Yeah. Um, so if you didn't, there wasn't so much you needed to take because there was plenty of spaces available. Yeah. Yeah, not like other other cities where you really got to go out and get spaces. Um, and then by the time, you know, you get sick of stuff disappearing quickly. So you start asking people, shop fronts, if you can use their wall and someone sees you doing that and asks if you can do their wall and suddenly you don't need to run around at night anymore. Yeah, yeah. So you don't run around at night anymore. <laughs> yeah. And you get paid for it. <laughs> yeah, ideally. Yeah, yeah. And what do you think the um, the scene is like in Canberra at the moment? In in that in that legal space, in terms of people being open to having walls done and stuff. Yeah, there's been a huge kind of s- it's slid sideways. You know, like it's opened up. Like it was always a graffiti town um, by the nature of the kind of space and, and just the action. But now there's a really good mix of street artists and muralists as well mm. and, and other visual art types as well jumping in and out. Um, and it's got that kind of critical mass where everyone recognises everyone else 
and so they're valued rather than it being some completely yeah. adversarial. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's good. Um, and the people, you know, people have grown up with graffiti and street art now um, are at a point where they've got income to support it, you know. So people who own the property aren't frightened by it. Mm. Um, so that makes it heaps more possible. Like they yeah. kind of, it's a weird, you know, because they can see what's around, they can envision what could happen, which means stuff can happen, which means more people can see it and it just sort of builds. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, do you notice sort of what happens, what does happen when a spot that you've, you know, that's a back alley or a, an area that's dark and dingy, what do you notice happens when people do open up that idea of putting something on the wall? Does it change us? change the space a bit it can yeah Canberra doesn't have a lot of dark and dingy you know, you're kind of hungry for like there's not a lot of abandoned buildings you, mm. you know, once the fluffies are knocked Such over a new city. yeah yeah <laughs> you know and there was I mean there was that um, Kingston when that was all warehouses and the government printers left and there was heaps of interesting stuff happening in there um, is that down in the foreshore yeah where the foreshore is now remember when that was all like warehouses Vaguely. Way back, yeah. yeah, and then they they all moved out, and so then it was proper abandoned spaces. Yeah, right. And so there was some nice stuff happening in those spaces. Yeah, kind of in the dark. Is that where they had that? Remember that that exhibition? Maybe been like two thousand three. Where all those Melbourne artists came up. No, that was at the bottom of the A and U in their um, what's there now? Oh, where the museum right. is. No, no, other side. So um, where the food co-op is um, and yeah. those big buildings and those resis, there were these kind of fibro things there and they were like studios and then they were nothing for ages. Yeah, and that's when the, that's where the Melbourne crew did those. Kind yeah, of, right. Um, yeah. And you mentioned that the, the Canberra scene was kind of one where it was – everyone was kind of part of more of a community rather than a, a competition type feel to it back in the day. What do you think that was down to? Was it the the size of the city or? Yeah, it's not a big place. I mean, yeah, there was always the north-south or whatever it's called, like the south side versus north side sort of thing. And th But mostly that was about um, being young and not being able to get around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the effort of going over there was like, nah. Yeah, yeah. We got, we got the luxury here that twenty minutes to the south side's too far. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, so true. Yeah, well, and how did you guys link up? Because you're now working together again. Yeah. Actually, I took a photo of this piece. It was, I can't even remember where it was. It was in Civic somewhere, where the skate park used to yeah. be before the skate park was there, or maybe the skate park was there. Yeah, it was like, it was my screensaver for a couple of years. Like, it was, this is the piece that sort of piqued my interest in street art. Yeah, right. Because it was sort of early days, and um, yeah, it was around the time I started making stencils. Like, I actually have that piece tattooed on my arm. Yeah, right. This but is it, your first stencil. Basically. No, it was actually oh, it was, birds. It was birds. Yeah. yeah, and then um, sort of got in touch, and yeah, lived happily yeah. ever after. <laughs> yeah. Through some forum, internet forum or something. It wasn't wasn't stencil revolution. I think it was. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
because I guess back then when you around that time stencil street art wasn't very big. It was kind of a new emerging. It was element. In early days. It was yeah. like two thousand four or five. Through. Yeah, it would have been four-ish. Yeah. 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 So Stencil Revolution had been rolling for a little while and there was a lot of energy, Brisbane, Melbourne. The, yeah. Bouncing between each other. Um, yeah. I think the Melbourne street art boom was 2003. So around the time of the Iraq war. Yeah. I think that inspired a lot of people to get out and start protesting or using their voice creatively. Yeah. And did you find that um, early on then it was kind of frowned upon the the use of stencils and in the streets at all? Depends who you ask. Like it still mm. is to this day with some still people. Is, yeah. 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 But, you know, you can't – you're not going to please everyone. No. But it's just extremism. It's, it's no different to religion or – Political ideologies, people have this belief in the way they do things and this is the only way that we do things and anyone who does the other way is wrong. It's like we're all using spray paint. We're just having different application methods. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, you know, I've been the same. I'm very purist about how stencils made. You have to hand cut stencils. And, yeah. And it's only been up the last few years I've realised, why do I do that? Yeah. <laughs> why am I doing this? Why am I wasting my life? So um, I'm starting incorporating like laser cut stencils, especially with big murals like the one I'm doing now. It's, um, yeah, you're sort of burning yourself out for this false belief. Yeah. 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 And the, I guess you also sort of, found that um, sort of split when you were working with your Archibald portraits in that it's then getting accepted into art galleries rather than uh, on the streets and, yeah, stuffy institutions. And there was even, I think there was controversy around it being allowed in to the prize and that sort of thing. Yeah, I I didn't pay much attention to it, to be honest. Mm. Um, do we, do we really want to talk about the Archibald? <laughs> we don't have to, no, totally. But you've got some... Um, oh, I don't know. I'm a little bit dirty at commercial galleries and institutions. Really? So that's, moment. yeah, that's that's still a, a, a thought in your mind. I think Probably I'm just a little bit hey? dirty they're, at they're the whole good. fucking art world, to be honest. Yeah. It's just, it's, you shouldn't have given me these beers, <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm going to open up. No, because I think a lot of people, I, I think I know a lot of people that see that too. Like they, they don't want to go walking through an art gallery uh, anymore. They want to see it in the streets. They want to see it online. They, it's not where people are going to see this stuff. So I think it's a, a feeling a lot of people have well, that these places are stuffy. On a community level, art's very, you know, beneficial and, you know, creating joy among people and even just diversional therapy and just adding some sort of, you know, some sort of... Expanse. 
Negative You're going to have to help me with yeah. words, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's the wrong end of the day. It, it expands is. people's experience of their existence. Yeah. yeah. You know? It runs through the filter of an artist and put it back where people can get it in front of them and it changes the way they can see a space or a thing or their experience of their day, you know, stumbling across a sticker or a stencil or a piece yeah. throw up somewhere changes your your experience of that commute that space you're in yeah and it can expand you yeah and that's a good thing it's good for people to kind of yeah and that's what sort of gets people into it but sort of on the upper echelons of the art world it's it's completely about control and power and money it's just kind of gross to be honest yeah so as a full-time artist i guess that's a that becomes a bit of a problem if you don't play the game that they want you to play yeah it's kind of like women actors, they're not allowed to be themselves because they get labelled as difficult. Mm. They need to be agreeable. Mm. It's the same thing as being an artist. Mm. If you don't play the game, you just get labelled as difficult. And, you know, it's kind of like... I did an interview a couple of weeks ago with Arts Hub about why I left my gallery. It's, and it's kind of like hospitality industry where they don't fire you, they just cut your shifts back. Until, yeah. you, until you get the message. As in left your gallery that you were running or no, what you were No, I was represented by in. two galleries. But, like, I don't have a gripe with them personally. Yeah. I think they've got a fucking gripe with me. But, um... There's something about the system. So he worked, like, yeah. you know, having watched him, watched his practice, he's worked really hard to build enough of a profile to have a gallery say we want you as one of our represented artists and so then what you do is you land in this cycle of exhibiting you know every two years or i don't know what the what the loop was with those spaces it was um, pretty much every 12 months yeah right because i'd have you know one in melbourne one in sydney yeah right yeah yeah because yeah, they're old mate yeah right. it's just not conducive That's to creativity slog. to be consistently exhibiting back to back yeah it's like you're not having a show with 30 amazing paintings. You're having a show with three amazing paintings, 10 pretty good paintings and 17. Yeah, yeah. Because you need that studio time to cook up the stuff. You need time to make mistakes and fuck up and you need time for the work to mature. But you're just constantly working to a deadline. Yeah, wow. So I'm looking back at my entire body of work thinking, I fucking hate half of these pieces. They're so rushed. Sounds very similar to what recording artists go through when they sign to a record deal and then they're now locked into producing x amount of albums and perhaps that's not the best way to produce stuff second album syndrome you sort of toil away in your garage for 10 15 years and you have this body of work that is hugely popular and received amazingly by the public and then you get the gallery saying come with us do it for us do it again, monkey, now. It's like, okay, you know, yeah. these guys can make a break of me. I better do what they say because if these guys stop giving me their attention, it's all over. I've got to move back to Kayleen. <laughs> Not that there's be, anything wrong with that. Bad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting. And and so that has that changed since you've left that kind of system of, for your art? I don't know if it's part of turning 40, but I've just had this awakening. Like, I've learned this new word. It's called no. No, I'm not doing that. No. 
There's so much freedom that comes with telling people to fuck off. Like I've created this existence where there's, apart from like the ATO and maybe my mum, mm-hmm. there's no one I can't tell to fuck off. Yeah. And I'm exercising my right. Yeah, interesting. You got a um, a question here from the chat. Oh, is there people what? watching this? Yeah, there's a few people watching <laughs> this. Thanks to our viewers and listeners who will catch up later. I just got all self-conscious. <laughs> Don't worry, there's not too many people. Okay. Yeah, the flats is very exclusive. But um, I guess to both of you, what what made you decide to turn? This is from Dale at home. What made you decide? to turn your your hobbies so so to speak into a career and and take that leap of faith i've always thought you know like if you're keeping chooks you keep enough chooks that you can get eggs to sell and then that buys food for the chooks and it's a bit like that like it's something i'm doing anyway i'm you know i'm going to be doing it there's no if but maybe it might as well fund itself and so then it was a case of finding ways, like Luke's saying, he's finessing the best way for him to survive, getting the funding and doing the thing simultaneously. It's a balance. It's a constant balance. Mm. I've had a, a good a good run this year where I've managed to kind of do a bit of that knowing as well and just have um, a couple of big projects. But like this one, this is pretty much the main thing I'm doing this month just off-siding on this gig and that's great rather than you know i mean uh, there are a couple other there's all this paperwork there's always paperwork for the next thing but you've got a pretty sweet for the month yeah yeah so so but to do so now you do that and then you do the next thing and then you do the next thing instead of doing two things and going i better pick up this thing and slide it in yeah just in case something falls through and then nothing falls through and you're doing four things at once and Mm. that's just not worth the stress no but yeah, you fall into. I, I don't know. I kind of fell into it. Like I'm, I'm going to be drawing and painting, and there's going to be a pile of them, and so I might as well put them in front of people and have them take them away. Unless <laughs> I build yeah. my build my dwelling out of the bloody things. It's sort of very similar. It was yeah. never a conscious choice. I want to be a full time artist. It's just always something I was doing when yeah. I wasn't at work, and it's kind of got to the point where I was doing so much of that that I didn't need to go to work anymore. Yeah. Yeah, kind of tips, hey, like you're kind of suddenly going. I, had, I used to I used to keep an account for exhibitions and so I'd have a show and I'd put whatever I managed to make from that show back into that account and I'd use that to make the next show. Yeah. And at some point I realised that was the account I was living off. Uh, right. You know, like, and there wasn't another account. Yeah. I was like, oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, I guess... One uh, thing that you've done, Luke, is get out of Australia and I bet uh, travelling to some of the places you've been has been a good way to put that gallery system behind you and sort of work out what really matters with what you do. Um, no, I thought... You took getting, that with you? Getting <laughs> Getting the shits with the gallery. I think that came from COVID, actually. I haven't been any, anywhere since before COVID. Oh, that, that's recent. That's yeah. recent. That's only in the last 
I so think I left the galleries 12 months ago. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, that's very recent. Yeah. Well, I was supposed to be overseas last year for 12 months. I kind of exhibition in Germany in May and then it's going to go to Roskilde Festival to paint. And I had a few mural projects lined up around Germany and then I was going to get the Trans-Siberian down to Mongolia and do an artist residency. Wow. So this amazing year planned out. Yeah, and wow. literally in the space of a week, it just all went. So go, oh, fuck, what am I going to do now? So I just stopped. I didn't do anything for six months. I just went to the dog park, played the PlayStation, and that was it. And it was the best six months <laughs> of my life. <laughs> that was unreal. A reset that everyone needed, mate. Well, it was rest. the first time I felt like I could stop and it wasn't all going to go away because everybody had stopped. So in hindsight, it was the best thing that could happen to me because if I jumped straight into 12 months of travelling, I was probably already burnt out at the start. Yeah. I was only going to be even more burnt out at the end. So having that six months to just sort of unwind and, yeah, just work out what is important. And yeah, and the first thing, it's freedom. freedom. Yeah. You know, like the work that I want to make, I can't show in commercial galleries. Like I can't show a painting of a guy getting his head cut off because it's too hard for them to sell. What do you mean by commercial galleries as opposed to independent sort of... Yeah, there's kind of... A, it's a... There's a diff, there's yeah. like artist-run initiatives where you sort of pay for the space. Yeah. And you pay rent and you give them a commission. Of each painting sold yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. 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 But there's commercial galleries where you don't pay for the space and they sort of represent you. Yeah. Um, you know, they take 50 to 60% of sales, which is a lot of money. The kind of That system is kind of like the commercial spaces are a sales space. Yeah. So you're not going to that show um, expecting to be wowed and it to be a fantastic show. I mean, it should be. I'm not saying it shouldn't be, but mm. but you're expecting to take a piece of that show home mm. as a as a yeah. client or whatever. Whereas in other other exhibition spaces, so museum spaces and the the artist run initiatives and stuff like that, um, shows can be more about the show, and so the audience comes to experience the show and comes away smarter or yeah. shocked or whatever you know. Angrier. They come, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so so they're not coming away with a piece of the show. They're coming right. away with something yeah. inside them that lives on. Mm. And so it's a very different space to, like it's done yeah. my head in trying to do commercial shows make me nuts. You know, the like, success of the show is measured by the financial success of the show. Yeah. 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 But, it means, but it means there's all these constraints on the work. The work's got to be something an idiot can take home and put on the wall. Mm. Yeah. It's what you know, sells, not what what's flowers. meaningful or what fits with yeah. the theme. Which is or, yeah. which is really strange because you you're kind of building a narrative as an arts practice, you know. Oh, that's that artist who does that thing. I'd like a piece of that thing, but not that piece of that thing, you know. Yeah, that's too far, or that's too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be uncomfortable. I like that his work makes people uncomfortable. I don't want to be uncomfortable. <laughs> not in my lounge room. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's a weird balancing act trying yeah. to, yeah, it's even hard, like that's even harder than just putting a show together that's decent work. So I, I understand like, not many people are going to want a, a beheading portrait on their wall while they're watching Gogglebox. Like, 
I get it. I'm not making this work for you to hang on your fucking bedroom yeah. wall. I'm not even making for you, making it for you to buy. I don't care if anyone buys it. I'm making it because it's important for me in my arts practice to to use my creative voice and make mistakes, make you know, cross the line. Yeah. Like, what's the point of having a line if you can't fucking cross it? But yeah. with that commercial space, you need to get away from the line. You know. Yeah. It's too dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. It'll be interesting to see what stuff comes out of your studio in the next little while then. Oh, yeah. You know, now that that's, that's open, that opportunity's completely open to you yeah. now and and you're free to make those mistakes and, and then retreat from them and then come forward. My, my next exhibition's going to be called Portraits of Muhammad. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. In France, yeah. Lakemba. <laughs> but that's a joke, by the way, just in case. <laughs> well, speaking of portraits, what is it about portraits that uh, you're drawn to and um, you keep coming back to a little bit? Um. I don't know. I think with the medium of stencils, it's very. You can capture that emotion in a person. I can capture that emotion in a person better than I can with freehand painting. Um, yeah, I've never really thought about it. Yeah. I think with you, painting. Because you got portraits. some awesome. You got, you know, Bob Hawke, Ben Quilty. I'm painting Claudia Carvin, Claudia yeah. Carvin for this year's Archibald. Oh, really? So I was sitting on the couch watching, I can't even remember the name of the show. It's on Netflix. So I was like, oh, Claudia Carvin would be a good person to paint. I'd love to meet her. So just get my phone, Facebook, Claudia Is she Carvin. like the mum or something? Yeah. It's like school something, pregnant. Maybe the kid's pregnant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, just sent her a message on Facebook and five minutes later we'd organise to meet up the next day. So it's having that access to people where you can just think of someone and say, I want to paint that person. You got that dude's number? Yeah, cool. Hey, man, you want to meet up? Yeah. So it's really this amazing vehicle to just meet people you want to meet. Yeah. yeah. Not that and it they're was always, always that way. Or, yeah. yeah. Not that, like, it hasn't always been that way. But mm. now it's kind of like, it's not as much about expressing emotion and. Impressing people. Mm. It's just like, oh, fucking want to meet famous people. <laughs> and then what's the process from there? Is it l- literally just meet them and then you go back and you're, you're um, in the studio until Archibald Prize back in day? Meet up and have a coffee and just have a chat. Like I'd never paint a portrait of someone I didn't like. So, you you know, you've got to get to know them first. And... um yeah, it's usually arrange it sitting or do some sketches and take some photos and sort of, you know, just think about what's going to work best. Um, yeah, you stumped me on that one. I've never really mm. thought about why I'm drawn to portraiture. Mm. No, it's, it's, uh, it's some amazing work. So it's just yeah. something I enjoy it, doing. It's, it's something that I guess connects with people too, like, Seeing those, as you said, emotions and stuff. Yeah. And bird, yours, you're, you're drawn to birds. 
yeah, more often than not. <laughs> more often than not. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> having called myself bird. <laughs> Do you get sick of people asking why bird? Oh, that's a what do you call it? A yoke I've made for myself. So yeah, <laughs> yeah you're talking to you're talking to elk here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That just comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, birds, I don't know. Birds are interesting. They're ugly. A lot of them front on. They're little dinosaurs. Um, but I don't know the variety of the variety of shapes possible in birds, and I quite like also um, the whole thing where they're part of our space, but they're a bit invisible. Um, so you end up with um, these kind of sharing a space with these creatures that you're not paying attention to. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to bring that back into focus. Do you think they're a little bit more intelligent than we give them credit for? It's entirely possible. I reckon they are. They're just getting on with their own things. Why would they engage us? I remember I walked out of my studio once and there was a bin chicken. What are they? The ibis. Yeah, right. I sort of shoot it away with my foot. It's like, fuck off, get out of my way. I went and got a coffee and came back and my car was covered in shit. <laughs> 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 that bird knew that yeah. that was my car. And he yeah, was like, yeah. Fuck you. You might get a that's bin chicken portrait soon. Maybe. That's brilliant. Scotty Marsh has got that covered. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. He does yeah, a bin chicken yeah, or two. Yeah, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> being, did you, being from Sydney, did you, were you across the... Um, Graffiti removal day. I was. Story. I actually well, spoke to the project about it. Yeah. So what? It was um. That was that was interesting because it just seemed bizarre. It's um, been running for years. Yeah. Well, it's but, always but, been that particular event. Yeah. It's always, always been. Surface. I think the graffiti artists sign up for it. They just go and collect all the buff. Yeah. And just fuck off and take it. Yeah. yeah. But um. Yeah, I got a call from the project saying, do you want to come talk to us about graffiti removal day? And this is suicide for me. Like, I have nothing to do with that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck, I want to plug my show. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, I don't have a graffiti oh. background. <coughs> yeah, so, so it's not a... So going on a mainstream news platform and talking about graffiti. Yeah. Like, oh, what was I thinking? But it was actually the day before... Do you remember when Facebook banned all the news? news. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. So it's the day before that. So nobody saw oh, it. Oh, that disappeared. Which was good, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I'll never do that again. But um, what's his name? Pulled a lot of heat Scotty. for you. No, uh, Sidap. Sidtapia. Yeah. 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 He drew a lot of heat that for that. But Sid's a lovely guy. Like, he, yeah. Was he the guy that actually painted, painted the mural on that day? Yeah. yeah. But, you know. In one of Scotty's posts, he wrote something like, in what universe did you think this was ever going to work out well for you, did it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I guess you got to be careful a little bit with what uh, projects you take on. You don't want to piss off the graffiti writers. It's like ISIS. It's this invisible enemy. Not in Sydney too. They've got a lot of energy. Yeah. This Um, is the... Oh, man, such a oh, both versions, nice. Yeah, it's kind of 
fighting fire with fire. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of ironic they have the fire chief up there. He should pay better. And, Bird, you've done a bit of work for government in yeah. Canberra too. Yeah. They seem to handle it a bit better here with <laughs> than, oh, they than don't these kind of commissions. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have the numbers. You don't, you don't do as many press conferences? Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to jump up and down and say, come and check out this spot that I've just locked down. You know, it's no longer available to any of you. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know, it's part of... It, it, it was a necessary kind of thing to kind of build the momentum within the city too, to get the government on side, to support them, to get them to a position where they're now supporting the arts so there's a, the the programs that they're doing now are great like Canberra's always been good with their um not always but you know mostly with their available um practice walls or whatever they call them I can't the remember legal what they're called. Walls. Yeah, yeah yeah permissioned walls and stuff so um it's always been I mean it is everywhere isn't it you know with the dog racing and the circuses and everything they're they're small little liberal um and so getting doing doing those some of those legal spaces, doing some of those government commission things, even though it locks down a wall that would otherwise be available for incidental writing and, and other small stencils and stuff. Um, I think it helped it helps, like I was saying earlier about getting stuff visible. Once people see what can be done, then they're more willing to let it be done and then people can get better at doing it too if they're not always having to run off, you know, two hours tops bolt. Mm. You know, if you can spend yeah, a day. People develop their... Skills, skills are going to come up. Quicker, that means yeah. what's visible is going to come up and that's good for everyone, you know. Mm. And so where we're at now, um, the, the government programs that run really do support quite a range of um of productions and stuff at all levels so they're they're backing local writers they're backing up and coming um minority groups like yeah yeah awesome. so it's, it's a great sort of um opportunity you know for canberra people to get on so there's no shortage in canberra of, of spots oh we're getting there it's getting yeah i mean there's new stuff being built but some of it's a bit big to get to Mm. Like, you know, some of the stuff around Braddon, there's some yeah. some shiny, big shiny yeah, walls. Yeah, we've looked into that <laughs> a little bit here. And yeah. Have you been approached to do anything there or has no. any any talk about that? No, there's a lot of, a lot more fly-in work now too. What is it, FIFA? FIFA's. FIFA's, yeah. So, yeah. He's coming in. I saw a big Adelaide mural. Yeah, he came up and did one. Yeah. Claire Foxen's been in and out. I know that um, name. Um... Uh, Roan, come and did a house. PK just did um, the mural yeah, Dixon. PK. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, George Rose is in and out. She, um, she's based in Canberra, is she? Nah, she's, she's based in Melbourne. Yeah. Come come out of Canberra. But um, mm -hmm. um, who else has been in and out? Oh, the... Um, Caffeine. Did Caffeine do something here recently? I don't know. Nothing no, no big, she did a... Little um, things. She did a talk at yeah. Ambush. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Milky, what's that bar? 
Milky Bar. Milky, Milky Lane. Lane. Yeah. Milky Lane. So that cruise, soft, that's all softens and days and those guys come in. PK, they do. PK come down. <coughs> no, yeah, they do all the Milky Lane bars. Yeah. 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 So. This was a huge one in Dixon. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah. have a video of this one wow. too soon. Oh, cool. It's such an underrated artist. Yeah. He, um, Not sure he, how. He, he did. <laughs> I don't think he's got very he good did English. This wall in a day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not that that should hinder his progress, but I'm sure it does limit some of his networking. It's always nice stumbling across something that he's up the back of Enmore and that. Yeah, right? yeah. It's just a magician. And he'll fill a wall, but it's not always big marks. It's, it's just heaps of shit going on. But. Mm. It's never big marks. It's always lots of little cuts and yeah. Yeah, so Canberra's getting some sort of world class stuff now, I guess. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's good. And they got that festival cooking up for the end of the year. What's that? Some sort of Wonderwallsy kind of something. No, who's running that? Mm, not sure. They put out tenders or something. So, oh, okay. Um, October, November. So, yeah. Don't know. So that'll I, be I never get invited to those things. Shits <laughs> 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 me. And one, one uh, piece I wanted to ask you about is your your stuff with um, in Syria. Yeah. You you travelled over there. Um, Sort of almost in the middle of the, all of the conflict over there. Yeah, and, it was. And tell us about that. So I went three times in between 2016 and 2019. Um, oh no, I kind of I went to Beirut in 2013 when the not long after the Syrian conflict started. It's a little bit naive. I thought I could just go over and take a camera and. Sneak in Syria and take photos, but um, yeah, that was an expensive learning curve. Um, so I didn't know you needed a press pass to take photographs. Yeah. So without a press pass, I'll just throw you straight in jail. Yeah, right. This was the day after the Iranian embassy was bombed in southern Beirut. It was <laughs> fucking. It was yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I met up with a guy in Sydney. A, boxing priest father dave i was boxing with him because we lived in the same suburb but he'd done a couple of trips to syria and he was organizing a it was like a faith hope raising charity exhibition about so he'd take a group of boxers to syria and i put my hand up to box because i was more scared of boxing than i was going to syria yeah, right. <laughs> i'm box for shit but um yeah, I went over with him. I actually, I ended up putting my hand up to film because I think an SBS cameraman was going to go along, but he pulled out. So I went over and filmed for them. Just, um, I just wanted a bit of adventure. You know, they say life's what you make it. Mm. I just sort of wanted to make it a bit more interesting. And um, I'd sort of been drawn to that idea of being a conflict artist. So one of my first artistic inspirations was George Giddo's. I saw an exhibition of him. He's at the Drill Hall Gallery 
when I was 14 or 15. That really inspired me. But, um, yeah, I sort of made a few connections and, and went back by myself six months later. And that was quite, that was a different trip. The first trip was like, you know, you know those North Korea trips where you've got a minder and you don't yeah. get, you never get in trouble and there's always someone listening to you. But the next trip was a little bit more free range. Like we went into, we drove from Damascus up to Aleppo. This was just after East Aleppo was liberated. Yeah. And just the level of destruction on that drive, it's just, you can't imagine it. Um. <coughs> Yeah, that's me. That's at Palmyra. So I was at Palmyra. Palmyra was taken by ISIS in I think 2015 and there was like a three-month period before from when it was liberated to when they took it back and we got to go to the amphitheatre. Yeah, right. That's me with my stencils. So I painted a stencil of Khaled al-Assad who was the curator of antiquities at the Museum of Palmyra who was beheaded by ISIS when they took over the town because um, they hid all of the antiquities in ISIS. So yeah. tell us where they are and he wouldn't tell them. Um, so I'd been following his story long before I went to Syria. But, um, so I painted his, his portrait on this door. But when ISIS retook the city three months later, they blew up the amphitheatre and... This very spot. This very yeah. spot. But someone was telling me the door survived and they put the door into the museum of Palmyra. And there's only one artwork in the whole museum is the portrait that I painted. Right. Yeah. Anyway. It's easier to get work into a museum in <laughs> fucking Syria than yeah. it is in Australia. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. So how did you end up at this um, location? So um, Father Dave and his boxers are doing a boxing thing out there, which I was supposed to be filming, but I was like, no, nah, fuck that. I'm going to paint this thing. Oh, that's who's over there. Yeah. Yeah, right. I just went rogue. But I'm never going to get this opportunity yeah. again. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a little bit self-absorbed. Most <laughs> artists are. my adrenaline um, it was like kids they were they were clearing landmines the whole time so every 30 seconds you'd be this fucking earth shattering boom yeah, yeah I heard watching earlier that they were, there was live fire going on around yeah there as you were doing this missiles yeah. getting shot off I've never, never experienced that My OCD comes out a bit here because that's like an eight-layer stencil that I had to paint with one can of silver, one can of really watery black, and mm. one can of white. Had to make yeah, it you work. didn't just go a little throw-up piece and get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> you, went, you went full, full. Yeah. I can't believe that they still they recovered that. Yeah. Well, I'm friends with his family now. It's, um, yeah. They had both his sons and. One of them is, still lives in Damascus and one's yeah. in, in France. Um, yeah, it's such an honour to be. 
to have the opportunity to paint his portrait. That's so cool. Hmm. And and was that sort of a catalyst for sparking that uh, charity that you've co-founded? Yeah, so um, that was the third trip, I think. Um, I don't know, you kind of get this sense of when you go to Syria that everyone that's going there has an agenda. Everyone's trying to get something out of it. So it made me think, fuck, that's what I'm doing. Just trying to forward my career by doing this. It was not not a conscious decision to do that, but it felt like I was getting more out of it than I was giving back. And so I decided to have a charity exhibition, raise money for a children's charity in Damascus. So we raised 40 grand in Melbourne and took it over there. We didn't take it. We We went to meet with the charity to make sure they were a charity. And then I had to go back six months later. I had to go to Beirut and get 40 grand out of ATMs. Just going from one to the next. Yeah. Like 100 bucks, 100 bucks, 100 bucks. It's so dodgy. Wow. <laughs> it's really hard to get money into a war zone. Yeah, that's, no that's, I never thought of that. That's an interesting problem I mean, to have with the charity. We yeah. finally worked out that I could transfer it to Germany and the Germans could get it to them. But I transferred it to Germany, then it got flagged, frozen, and then put back in my account three months later. It was was really fucking stressful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I certainly don't regret doing it. What's next? I'm going to take a bit of a break after this show. Not the fuck the show's over. After this mural. (laughs) Um... No, nothing planned. Yeah, well-earned break, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. I might head out to Central Australia. Just pack up the car and take the dog. It's the season. It's a good not too hot, not too cold. Yeah. yeah. I spent a bit of time in Broken Hill at the start of the year. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. And um, I fucking loved it out there. It's just... It's a funny place. Yeah. So many abandoned buildings. And yeah. 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 Very not Canberra. Very not Canberra. <laughs> Yeah, get the staycations going. Well, thanks, guys, for popping in and having a chat. It's been awesome to catch up with you guys. And Thanks for having us. People can catch your, your mural in three weeks' time around A&U. Thanks, mate.